Welcome to the Dirt Show brought to you by Pulver Towing. Welcome to week one of June Ladies Month and we'll be joined by Mayor Stell Fox. We'll also hear from Andy Altenberg from Altenberg Construction, Josh from Rhino Ag, and a little more from Pulver Towing right after a few words from our sponsors. At Lampros, our team of brokers and auctioneers specialize in farmland sales, live land auctions, and online land auctions across the Midwest with total sales of 190,000 acres. At Lampros, you get a team of land professionals going to work for you. We pride ourselves on providing local service and knowledge with national marketing and results. If you're thinking of buying or selling, contact Lampros agent J.J. Wise at 641-420-SELL or go to landpros.com. That's L-A-N-D-P-R-O-Z.com. Make light work of everything with Honda's top-of-the-line family of Pioneer 1000 side-by-sides. All models sport a best-in-class engine and an exclusive six-speed automatic dual-clutch transmission. Then there's the 1005 models, equipped with Honda's quick-flip seating that seats up to five passengers. So find your next Honda Pioneer today at Trimble Cycle Center in Austin. For your safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet, and I protection always wear your seatbelt and keep the side nets and doors closed pioneers are for drivers 16 years and older trimble cycle center in austin usa's second oldest honda dealer so you're inviting friends over for a friendly barbecue nice but if you're a true friend you'll start with cookies barbecue sauce i'm speed the sauce man and let me tell you why the right sauce is so important cookies barbecue sauce is made from real deal ingredients and i haven't changed the recipe since 1976 Cookies Barbecue Sauce compliments meat. It doesn't smother it. It just makes your food taste better. Smart cookies use cookies. Anything less is just meat abuse. Cookies is the one. If your dad is a man of action, not words, get him the gift that lets him show he's the world's greatest dad. Napa Auto Parts has the gifts you need, like an Evercraft 100-piece screwdriver set withstand for only $19.99. Or choose from Napa's incredible selection of tools from Milwaukee, DeWalt, and Craftsman. Plus, spend a little quality time under the hood with a 5-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil with the Napa Platinum Filter for only $26.48. Happy Father's Day from Napa. When it comes to choosing your next industrial, commercial, residential, or ag electrician, choose Coles Electric, offering pole setting, directional boring, underground trenching, boom truck service, security systems, and much more. If you're a Steel Wasika co-op member, there are excellent incentives for installing a solar array with quick payback and years of reliable service. Planning, design completion, or emergency service, see ColesElectric.com or 507-451-1387. Played bumper tag lately? No matter how your car gets damaged, Midwest Collision will make sure it gets fixed right and on time. No shortcuts, no compromises. And remember, where you get your car repaired is not your insurance company's decision. It's yours. So make the right choice. Choose your locally owned and operated Midwest Collision. Give Bob a call today at 332-2434. That's 332-2434. Let me tell you, friends, about our store. It's a great place we call Miners Outdoor. Miners Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs, from chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna total source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miners Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie. Miners Outdoor... Major Tough. 
Hey, this is Dave from Severson Oil, VP Racing Fuels, and you're listening to the Driver Segment on the Dirt Show. Welcome back to the Driver Segment here on the Dirt Show, and it is our first interview of June Ladies Month, and I'm joined by Mayor Stell Fox and Mayor's your grandfather was a track promoter before you were born, and he happened to have a go-kart that got you hooked on motorsports from that time on. That's correct. He actually built the go-kart that we played around with when I was a kid. Good and bad can be experienced at the same time. I can't imagine getting to see Shirley Muldowney in a top fuel dragster at Englishtown back in the heyday of racing. But she was not a very good role model when you had a chance to meet her in person. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I know that sounds terrible, but as a kid, I used to go to the drag races. I always wanted to run top fuel. That was my first love. And I always had my little pen and my little autograph book and never got her autograph. And, you know, it doesn't bother me now because that was disappointing. And I always said to myself, if I got in a position to be a much better role model for the kids, I would do it. So I loved signing autographs, getting pictures. I always had a bunch of candy I gave out to the kids because at that age, that is a major impression. And when I used to stand at Shirley Muldowney's pit and just listen to the language coming out, I was like, oh my God, I want to be different. I want to be in a position to be different and make kids feel special. There is a video from last weekend from racing around here, and I know he's done it more than once, but one of the drivers, Dan Wheeler, After the races, a little girl came down into the pits, and he handed her the trophy from the feature win, and he just created a lifelong race fan right there. Exactly. It's important, you know, because they're very impressionable, and with the sad story of role models kids today have to look up to, it's pitiful, and I just wanted to be different. Your first inkling that there would be roadblocks that you would encounter with wanting to be a woman in motorsports actually happened in school when you weren't allowed to take auto mechanics. That's correct. I wanted to go to the auto mechanics class in Votech, and they wouldn't let me. And I asked why, you know, at school, and they said I'd be too much of a distraction to the class. And I thought that was kind of ridiculous because I just wanted to learn. And, yeah, it was definitely a sad day for me that they wouldn't let me do that. Your ex-husband, Mark, was actually the one that got involved in sprint car racing first. We were at a mall show. Bridgeport had modified and sprint cars on display, and we were looking at one of the sprint cars, and some girl came out of the shop, and here it was somebody he went to school with. It was her and her husband's car, so we got with them and traveled with them for a couple of years first. And wanting to be a top fuel racer, you know what I mean, and going to drag races, What a difference. I really didn't like it at all. (laughs) It was dirty. But, you know, when your partner likes something, you just do it because that's what you're supposed to do. So I did it, and look where it took me. Mark purchased a micro sprint as a surprise, but you actually really wanted a full-size sprint car. In hindsight, (laughs) that actually worked out pretty well because you learned a lot from driving the micros. That's 
correct. I raced that at Airport Speedway in 85 and 6, and he put some pretty high marks for me. Like, I had to finish in the top 10 in points the first year, or I wasn't allowed to drive anymore. I had to finish in the top 5 the second year, or I wasn't allowed to drive anymore. I had to win the championship the third year, or I wasn't allowed to drive anymore. And it was kind of unnerving because at Airport, back in the day when I started, in the 250s, it was the top class, and there were 60 cars every Saturday night in my division alone for 18 spots. So you really had to be on your game to even qualify for the feature, let alone finish well. Our first year, we finished 10th. Second year, we finished 4th. Our third year, we were going into the last race of the night, which was double points, sitting third. And at the end of the night, we ended up winning the championship. When you finally won the track championship after the third year, they said you actually finished third and you proved them wrong. And then they gave you the wrong trophy. That's correct. I was so excited for my six-foot trophy, which they gave to the champion every single year, except the year I won the championship. And it's about two inches smaller, I guess, than my fourth-place trophy the year before. And I was very disappointed, to say the least. And then I couldn't wait for the banquet the next year, and I checked the paper to see how big the trophy was, and it was back to six foot. So that was a little disappointing. That was another case of a little bit of an issue with a female, I guess. When you have to take documentation in and say, look, here are the points that I gained every single night and I actually finished first, that's not right. No, it's not. They actually somehow forgot a night of points just for me, but we had the proof. So bittersweet, you know what I mean? It was bittersweet sort of because they weren't happy after we took all of our stuff. They weren't too thrilled. And I guess my trophy was my reward for letting me know that they weren't too thrilled. In 1989, how did you get the opportunity to run a midget? Bobby Murphy, who was the guy whose sprint car we saw in the mall and started traveling with him, his friend Dick Thompson owned a midget, but it was in his garage and he was doing nothing with it. So Bobby talked to Dick about putting me in the car and that's how that started. So I raced a midget for Dick Thompson out of Norwood. I was in Prospect Park, he was in Norwood, but he was only about five blocks from my house, so that was nice and convenient, and we had our shop the other way, so we took Dick's midget to our shop, that's where we did all the work on it, and we did all the prep work, everything. It was basically his car, but we did everything and paid all the bills. That was my first stepping stone. You also became the first woman to qualify for the 100-lap USAC Hut 100 in 1989 in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Yes, that was fun. That was interesting. Here's a cute story for you. I was at the driver's meeting, and I think, trying to think who it was, I think it was Johnny Parsons Jr. came up and he said something about, what was I doing there? Was I crazy? And I'm like, what? And it came out like, well, there's only two cars here that don't have power steering, and you're one of them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I had myself convinced, oh, my gosh, no matter what happens, I have got to finish this race. So we did finish a few laps down. But let me tell you something. After that race, the guys all went out to get something to eat. I stayed back at the room, and my arms were like rubber. They were just they were like rubber from running. But, you know, when you're in the green, you don't really get it. You don't feel it. It's only until the yellow comes out or something that you realize you're really dead, dead exhausted. But, yeah, we finished a couple laps down, but we did finish because there was no way I was pulling in after that comment that was made at the driver's meeting. But, yeah, that was a fun night. 
you know, every night at racing was a fun night. I was thankful to be able to be there. I was thankful to be able to be competitive. We didn't run around the back, and that was important to me. Like, most of the time, I wouldn't say where I finished. I would say how many cars finished behind me, just to make sure. You even had a chance to go to California and do some CRA non-wing sprint car racing, and that is a tough crowd to race with. That was the chance of a lifetime. That was just such a wonderful opportunity. And it was funny because I had just gotten back from Canada and I had taken off Thursday and Friday and we got home really late on Sunday night because we had a rain out. We had a race on Sunday and I had to be at work on Monday morning. So I was dead tired. So when I came home, I went to bed a little early and the phone rang at like 10 o'clock and the guy was asking for Marie. And I said, uh, there's no Marie here. And I hung up and he called back. And he said, I'm, I'm looking for Marie. I said, there's no Marie here. And I hung up and he called again. And he said, this is Frank Lewis from CRA. I'm looking for the girl that drives race cars. And I sat straight up in bed. I'm thinking, this is interesting. So he had told me that he wanted me to fly out and run Leela McSpadden's backup car and do a lot of promotional work. So I said, when do you want me to come? He said, Wednesday morning, which meant Tuesday I had to go to work and say to my boss, I need the rest of the week off. And he's like, what if I say no? I said, well, if you say no, that'll be a shame because I have to go anyway because this is like an opportunity of a lifetime. And we flew out on Wednesday and driving up one of the highways in California, I heard the most amazing commercial. Like, you know how they have this, com well, I don't know if you know, but around here we have a commercial like for Maple Grove that would always go, Sunday, 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 come see, you know, the, the races. And they had a commercial similar to that. And it was about me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I had a copy of it somewhere, but it got lost in the moves. And my ex threw a lot of my stuff away when I was away. So that's a shame. But again, it happens. I have mem a, lot of, a lot more memories than tangible stuff that I was hoping to share with my son. You bought your first real sprint car. What do you remember about that car and how did you feel to finally have the car you always wanted? That was an interesting trip. We found the car in Rhode Island and we drove up to Rhode Island to get it. The guy that had it, I don't recall his name, but he worked for a sailboat company and we got to look at some unbelievably expensive, beautiful sailboats. On the way home, there was a hurricane and let me tell you, our Dodge Ram Charger two-wheel drive was not set up for towing a 28-foot trailer <laughs> with a race car in it. So that was a pretty treacherous ride home. But it was exciting that I finally got to the sprint car ride, and my very first race was Flemington, New Jersey. And some of the URC guys weren't too happy with my ex because they said that was like the worst place to start me. But we did okay. We finished in the back. I did tag the wall in warm-ups and had to do some work to the car, but we qualified and we finished. So it was a major plus, you know, but it was just amazing. I can't explain it. Anybody who's ever driven a sprint car, I guess it's the same. Our adrenaline just goes and there's just no stopping it. And when the car starts up, it's just like such a calm, you know, you're part of the car, it's just you and that machine. And it's just the greatest feeling. <laughs> And Flemington is a pavement track. What was it like running a sprint car on pavement? Well, actually, in 1990, it was not pavement. It was dirt. I ran Flemington on the dirt first, and then I ran it on the pavement a little bit. But it's weird. When I was racing the midget, I raced New Egypt Speedway on asphalt. And then when I went to race it in the sprint car, it was dirt. When I raced Volusia in Florida Speed Weeks in 1990, it was asphalt. Now it's dirt. Flemington was dirt, now it's asphalt. So it's just weird the way things change. 
Your first major sprint car race was the icebreaker at Lincoln. What are your memories of getting out on the track for that? My memories of that first day, I was just telling my boss the other day, there was 20-foot mounds of snow in the background. Walt Chernickel took some pictures of me and my little dog, and there was huge mounds of snow in the background because there was just so much snow. They had to do snow moving the whole time. The track was kind of frozen, and it was pretty slippery, but it was interesting because I was out there in my URC car with the 410 guys, but we wanted to get me as much track time as we could. So we just went to places to be able to do that before URC started their season. But it was interesting. You know, I did race three races in 1990 in the fall just to get my feet wet. But when we started racing out Central PA with the 410s with me in the URC car, it was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know. But it was just a blast. And there were some guys that weren't ready for me, I guess, is that's how you want to put it. Everywhere we went, there were some guys that weren't ready for me. But most of the guys that were from around here, they'd already seen me prove myself, and they knew that I was okay. And I remember getting a very nice compliment from Greg Coverdale's dad. I used to race micros with Greg Coverdale, his dad, and his Uncle Bud. And his dad once said to me, Greg said he would rather race wheel-to-wheel with you than a lot of the guys because you're smooth and you hold your line. And I was like, you know, and you're a clean driver. And that, you just don't know how much that meant to me. That was amazing and wonderful coming from such a group as them. Besides your full-time job, speaking of dedication, you also work two part-time jobs to fund your sprint car team. That's true. As soon as we didn't have any races in the fall, I would work for an attorney in Wilmington one day, all day Saturday, for 10 hours or 12 hours. And then on Sundays, I would work for an attorney in Philadelphia for 10 to 12 hours just to be able to pick up extra money. And I worked probably about 20 hours overtime at my regular job when it was available just to bring in money. I mean, we had our own business. We started our own business and had that. So that was decent, but it wasn't enough. When you're by yourself, when you're pretty much self-sponsored, we only had Church's Auto Parts sponsored us and a couple small sponsors, but race cars take a lot of time and a lot of money. So I picked up extra jobs everywhere I could just to be able to have the money that we needed when we wanted to go. Known as a lady outlaw and Philadelphia's greatest female athlete, you took getting into great physical condition very seriously. Yes, I did. I was working out at the gym three nights a week, three hours a night on a serious, serious strength and endurance program. And I remember my ex one time said something about, oh, I was just goofing off. I said, I'll tell you what, you come to the gym with me one night and all I'm going to ask you to do is exactly what I do. Nothing more, nothing less. And then you can tell me if you think I'm just goofing off. Three quarters of the way through, he was done. (laughs) I loved it. In 1993, the World Outlaws came to Bridgeport and you qualified for the feature. What a feeling that must have been. That was a wonderful thing. We weren't going to go, and I kept saying, I want to go, I want to go, you know. And so I talked him into going, and we went, and we qualified, and we did okay. We we finished. I don't even know where we finished, to be honest with you, because I lost all my records when he took them. But we did qualify. We did run. We did okay. And I think some people started opening their eyes at that point in time. You have also raced at the Syracuse Mile. Looking at photos of the races, those guys going down the straightaway, you almost see the cars lifting up from the wind. It looks like they're going to take flight. 
You know, I didn't realize how fast we were going because, like I said, you just become one and that's it. But going down the back stretch, I reached up to pull his hair off off. And that is when I realized, holy mackerel, my hand, you know, you just normally put your hand up and rip off your hair off. But the speed, when I went to put my hand up, the turbulence was moving my hand around. It wasn't like going right to my hair off. And it was amazing. I'm thinking, oh, that's when I realized we were really moving. Pretty incredible. I also saw a video of where you were two corners away from a win with a fairly good lead, and you were taken out to be prevented from winning. That was one of the horrific stories of my racing career. We led the entire feature. Actually, I wasn't even two corners away. I had just started to exit the fourth turn. He cut the corner. He drove into the side of my car and took me out. And people had told me a few weeks before that comments were made that that was going to happen if I was going to win another race. I don't know. I didn't hear it myself. I'm just telling you what I was told. But when it happened, it really made me think. And that was a shame. And that night was a whole total screw-up, to be honest with you. The race was red flagged before half the cars crossed the line. And normally, they would revert back a lap and finish the race. But they didn't do that. And they didn't finish the race where they were running, so they actually scored me for 16th. They gave him the win, but then penalized him two spots for rough riding, so the guy in third place got the win. But back then, I was, well, I probably would have done the same thing now. I just, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fighter, but I really should have challenged that because if they had finished the race by the green-white checkered the way they should have done, oh, well, you know, I was out. But to not finish the race and not revert back to the previous lap and make the finish what it was, was a problem. And I think about that often, and people say to me, well, anybody there, they know you won that. You were just walking away with it. But you know what the problem is? 50 years from now, my name's not on that list, and that was what was important to me, to be on that list. It was a Thunder on the Hill show. It was probably what I consider would have been my best win. People tell me my Penn Can win was my best, but I'm not sure I agree with that. Because Thunder on the Hill, that is just so prestigious. You know, around here, it is just like the cream of the crop. So that was a devastating night for me. As a matter of fact, usually I stay with the car. But that night, I was so upset because of what he did. I just kind of marched away. And then my one crew guy was upset with me. He said, they took your destroyed car and put it in Victor Lane. And the crowd went wild. Why didn't you stay with it? They would have been forced to give you the win. I was like, oh, well, you know, mistakes happen. And that was a mistake that I made walking away from the car. But... I was angry and probably not a good thing, but that's what I did. August 7th of 1993, you became the first woman ever in the East and possibly the first woman ever anywhere to win a wing sprint car event that night. That was exciting. That was an exciting night, and that was my first. And I can't explain it to you. It was, I, I mean, I almost messed up because the track was really rough. And the last lap, I was so nervous that I hit a couple ruts. But, yeah, we ended up taking it. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful night, a wonderful feeling. And, you know, we were all just on such a high for the whole thing. It, it was just amazing. Something a lot of guys saw over the years and probably the most photographed tail tank in racing, your tail tank said, ladies first. Yes. The guy that did my lettering and my graphics, he was amazing, John Lynch. And he was so ahead of his time with everything he did, like stuff that was on my car you didn't see for 15, 20 years down the road. And he came up with the best 
slogans, like ladies first on that. On my micro sprint, when I was racing with the Tri-State Micro Sprint Outlaws, he had Against All Odds, the Lady Outlaws. And it's interesting because I didn't realize that was the most photographed tail tank until I saw it in an Openwell magazine one time. I saw my tail tank and I read that and it said most photographed tail tank in sprint cars. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I showed Johnny and he, he really appreciated that. I mean, our cars were always very pretty. They were beautiful. We always went to the track. The motto was, if you're not going to do good, you better look good. So we always prepared for both. At the end of the 90s, what happened to your race team? Well, in 94, I had some personal issues that dissolved for a while, and then I ended up getting a divorce, and I didn't think I would ever race again until Joe Grandinetti was starting the TSRS series with 305s, and he called me and asked me if I would race for him. So it's interesting, in court one day, my husband was threatening to sell the race team, and I said, then go ahead. (laughs) And I called Joe right away, and I said, you better call Mark and buy the team. So he did. He got an amazing deal. I mean, he paid a tenth of what it was worth. And so I drove the car that was on the cover of Open Wheel for a couple of years, and that's how I got back into it in, like, in 2001. And you were back in the car for about three weeks, and after hot laps, you stepped out of the car and said, I think you better get somebody else to drive this until the mechanic said it was actually something with the car. Yes, that's correct. Said there was something wrong with the steering, and I was watching, and I didn't see anybody change anything, so I knew, well, I thought I knew, that this isn't going to work. And as soon as the car fired up, gone out on the track, I could feel the difference in the steering, and we won the heat race. A couple weeks after that, we won the Twin 20 features, and I think we won like eight races that season, and we almost won about four more because Joe and I worked so well together. He was an amazing guy as far as he was so smart with the car setup. He would watch what the car would do. I would give him my feedback, and between the two of us, we just clicked so well. We actually ended up finishing that season with three track records that weren't broken for about 13 years. And it's funny now, but I'm sure it wasn't funny back then. What had happened was the power steering fluid had leaked out of the reservoir while the car sat, and it just needed to be refilled. That is correct. What a simple solution. In three weeks, I was dying trying to drive that car. That's what I said to Joe. I said, I can't do this anymore. I I don't have time to work out the way I used to, and I just, I can't do it. And then when Ron realized what was going on, and they filled it up, and boom, we were on fire. But yeah, that's such a simple fix, but nobody knew it. When I was complaining about the car, when I had the car running, and Ron reached in, and he tried to turn the steering wheel, he knew right away what the problem was, but nobody really checked it, you know what I mean? And it was just a simple mistake of missing that 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 was going on. But after that, we were on fire. You're still involved in racing today as a track official at Grandview Speedway. Well, I'm actually not a track official at Grandview Speedway. I was an official with Joe for TSRS until he dissolved that. And interestingly enough, I ended up losing my job after 18 years there in 2019. And I asked a friend of mine if his wife had any jobs where she worked. And he goes, yeah, there is one or two. So I applied, and, like, I have everything on my resume because I want people to know I'm very diversified. I don't just do female stuff. I, you know, I did all this racing and other stuff. So the guy emails me back, and he says, can you take anything pertaining to racing or your videos off 
of your email and your resume. Here he was an official at Grandview. So now my boss and I, we get to talk racing every day. He's an official at Grandview. And I mean, it's just, it's so wonderful to be able to go into work and have my boss and I, we have such a, a good rapport because we're, we're in the same family. Thank you so much for being with us here on The Dirt Show. I've been looking forward to this interview all season and kicking off June Ladies Month, and what a way to do it. Well, thank you so much for thinking of me. I appreciate being on your show, and it was a lot of fun, and and it was great talking to you. And you had a lot more information than I did. I'm surprised. (laughs) Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Have a great night. Hello everyone, Chad Weir's Weir's Machine and Racing Products with another tech tip for you. One of our new products is our WM258 Swivel Adapter. It can go on any hood pin mount when you want to offset mount your hood pin from your bay bar. So you can rotate it off to the side and then stand the pin back up. It allows you to put it at any different angles. So it gives you a lot of adjustability with mounting your hood pin off to the side of a bay bar to mount your hood. For more information about all of our products, find us online at weirsmachine.com. Thanks. Why would you use anything but the latest technology in packing products when it comes to shipping your business products? Foamcraft Packaging in Owatonna provides a complete line of packaging materials, including foam products, pallets, crates, corrugated boxes, and much, much more. See all of our different packaging options at foamcraftpackaging.com or call 507-455-2893. That's 507-455-2893. If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a power lift architectural door on your home or cabin. Power lift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. Power lift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. Power lift doors by French's Manufacturing. 374-9306. Wolf and Sons Yard Service has heavy equipment. This is Scott Wolf. Whether you need a basement dug, a building removed, footings for a remodel, an RV camper or boat pad, rock, sand, or dirt hauled, or even a driveway or parking lot road graded. Call 455-3524. Aero Race Wheels was established on the conviction that its dedicated staff could provide higher quality wheels designed specifically to endure the tough requirements and conditions of the racing industry. Most importantly, the wheels need to be manufactured and sold, maintaining an affordable price structure. Aero Racing Wheels has become the largest premier steel wheel supplier, and their product line speaks for itself. Upgrade your racing game today at aeroracewheels.com. Rhino Egg is known for being the first in flex wings. They offer a full line starting with the TS and a 10-foot cutting width for tractors as low as 30 to 60 horsepower, all the way up to a 26-foot cutting width to handle any job you throw at it. Visit rhinoag.com to see all Rhino has to offer or to find a dealer near you. Welcome back to the sponsor segment here on The Dirt Show, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by Andy Altenberg from Altenberg Construction. And Andy, since the beginning in 1994, you have continued to improve the tools and equipment to make the process of hog slat flooring replacement safe, smooth, and an efficient process. Yeah, we've been doing it a long, long time, and we've gained a lot of valuable information along the way. We refined our equipment numerous times, too many that I can count, and come up with, like you say, a very efficient process and safe process to change out hog and cattle slats and beams. And 
and whatever else is required to hog barn. Starting in southern Minnesota, Altenburg Construction has expanded into almost a nationwide business. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how far-reaching we've got to be. We've been all the way to eastern Ohio and even all the way to, to eastern Nebraska, and we've had potential projects in many, many other locations, east and west both. So pretty amazing to see Off-Rail were able to travel and, and help the hog producers out. Why is it so important to schedule an annual inspection? If you've got an older barn, it's a good thing to have an annual inspection done. There's a lifetime on concrete, especially in flooring like this. It doesn't last forever, unfortunately, and that way we can hopefully reassure you of what's going on in your floor so you can pay attention and plan for the future and any needs that you might have. Listeners that may not know, you also race the double zero stock car. You picked up another huge win at the opening night of the 2021 IMCA Winter Nationals back in January. Yeah, that was that was a pretty hard fought battle. Took a good friend down there, he was leading and I was able to pass him right at the end and get that win. It sure felt great. You are also one of the area drivers that went down to Bristol. How was the whole Bristol experience for you? Uh, it was pretty amazing to be able to run on a NASCAR track. And then just the first day that we drove into the place, I mean, literally you drive into that racetrack, and it's called the Last Great Coliseum. And it really, really hit home as soon as you drive under the grandstands and cross the track. It's just awe-inspiring. I mean, it's, it was a ton of fun. Didn't quite do as well as we'd like. Didn't do bad. We just missed the A by one spot. But, you know, everything's in one piece. And like I told most people, my trophy was in a trailer in one piece, and I didn't blow a motor up. So it was all good. The Double Zero Stock Car will be joining us on Dirt Show Night at Murray County Speedway on Friday night, June 25th. We will be putting up some extra money for the stock car division that night, and you're going to be there. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, actually, one of the local tracks that I've never ever been to. Really don't know why, but I'm definitely looking forward to crossing that one off my list and definitely looking forward to all the other good racers that show up that night. If they would like to find out more about everything Altenburg Construction can do for their hog farm or cattle farm, what's the best way to do that, Andy? Uh, there's a couple different ways. We have a website at altenburgconstruction.com, or they can give us a call at 888-435-2210. Andy, thanks for everything you do, and looking forward to seeing you Friday night, June 25th, at Murray County Speedway for Dirt Show Night. Me too. I hope there's a heck of a field of cars. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Does your car suffer from rough idling and stalling? Does it hesitate when you take off from the traffic light? If it does, it could be due to dirty fuel injectors. Clean your car's fuel injection system with Justice Brothers Fuel Injection System Cleaner. It cleans the important parts of your fuel system and helps to restore normal operation. And it's guaranteed to satisfy or your money back. Available wherever fine automotive products are sold. 
Tell them Ed Justice Jr. sent you. Fast Shafts owner Pat Fagan is a racer himself and has been testing and building drive shafts for himself and teams all over the nation since 1992. Fast Shaft drive shafts are the number one carbon fiber, steel, chrome molly, and aluminum drive shaft builder for over 90% of the major modified chassis builders. Drive shafts, drive shaft repair, 9-inch Ford center sections, slip yokes, rear end yokes, ring and pinions, bearings, spools, gears, shim kits, and more. Call Fast Shafts today, made by racers for racers. 800-622-6617. If you've ever dreamed of owning a new Corvette, now's your chance. Visit winaz51corvette.com for your chance to win a new 2021 Elkhart Lake Blue Metallic Z51 Corvette and help support the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At winaz51corvette.com, you'll get all of the details on how you can win a fully loaded, top-of-the-line 2021 Z51 Corvette and make your dream come true. The drawing is this August 14th and all proceeds benefit the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. So visit winaz51corvette.com and see how easy it is to enter to win a brand new 2021 Z51 Corvette. BP Racing Fuels is proud to be recognized as a world leader in race fuel technology. BP's fuels have a well-deserved reputation for power and consistency, winning championships in every form of motorsports for more than 40 years. Whether sportsman or pro, methanol or gasoline, BP has a fuel to ensure optimum performance for your application. See the full line of BP's high-performance products online at vpracingfuels.com. At VP Racing Fuels, our passion is your performance. Fire's Engine Service of Rochester opened its doors in 1975. Hi, this is Corey. Since 1975, we've been offering complete engine machining services and assembly. From flatheads to big blocks, wide blocks to drag race engines, street rods to pulling tractors, Fire's Engine Service offers complete dyno service. So if your race car, a street car, is little under the hood, trust the place who's been there since 1975. Contact Fire's Engine Service at 507 282 5586. Why choose powder coating over liquid paint finishes? Maximum durability. Extreme Powder Coatings offer a scientific process that uses heat to bake the colorful finish deep into your product. Extreme Powder Coatings can deliver multimedia blasting, impact-resistant epoxy primers, and super-durable powder coat applications to meet your needs. Visit ExtremePowderCoating.net for more information. Welcome back to the sponsor segment here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Josh from Rhino Ag. And Josh, you definitely are a people person. How strange was it for you not to be out at the Ag Show tour talking directly to customers and farmers? Yeah, it's been an interesting year for the last, say, year and a half now of dealing with just the situations that the market and the world is in. There's been a lot of changes. There's been a lot of things that are out of our control, but we look forward to those times of the year because that's our time to hear from the customer, to be face-to-face with them, talk about new products, and now we're trying to do that through a virtual world, and it's not as easy, and let's just face it, it's not as personal, so it kind of, it's got some lackluster results that we are looking forward to getting back to those types of shows again. Something new that we have never talked about before, the X-Series golf turf and sod mower what a cool unit it is and we are excited to have brought this to customers across 
the U.S. currently. And I got to tell you, it's been a breath of fresh air for us. It's a market that we really haven't spent a lot of time in. It's a new market for us. It's some new products for us. But the overall acceptance of these products by the customers and the acceptance of us being on their turf farms, their golf courses, they are excited. They are happy to talk to us. And we're being very, very successful with getting these products in the hands of customers. And so far, the the return has been great. The customers are happy. And I think we've got a, a solid product for the future. You talk about customer lines. You also offer a huge line of equipment for cities, counties, townships, and landscapers and contractors. Finishing mowers, post hole diggers, landscaping rakes, tillers, disc arrows, blades, grapples, and even pallet forks. A lot of people could utilize this equipment, and it's built to last. And that's the beauty with Rhino Ag products. We have an immense breadth of product for customers. And what you just mentioned is truly the bread and butter of what Rhino does. Yes, we are an agricultural-based company, but we have the vision of quality from the inside out. So we're not just building agricultural equipment. We're building industrial-grade equipment at an agricultural price. And we are able to provide a lot, a lot of products for people from the farm to the municipality and everywhere in between. And we're just thankful to have these customers that are interested in these products. And like you said, if it's got the Rhino Ag logo on it, they know it's built to last. Farmers around here are done in the fields for the spring. And if it would ever quit raining, they can catch up on those outside projects like mowing and blading field roads and gravel driveways and I see Rhino Ag mowers in operation virtually everywhere I travel. You also offer mowers for virtually every job. Flex wings, multi-spindle, single spindle, and even those really cool boom mowers that you can virtually put anywhere. Well, if you look at the products across what we offer from Rhino, from the smallest tractor to the largest tractor, from the littlest job to the most difficult job, we've got a variety of products that will meet those solutions. And it's just an opportunity that we're thankful for. We just hope that people will take a look. The great part is, like I said, if it's got the Rhino Ag badge on the side of it, you know you've got a product built to last, and it's been designed with quality from the inside out. Soon farmers will be getting the first cut of hay here in Minnesota. As always, farmers say time is money. Rhino Ag offers rakes, hay tenders, and bale tools to save you time and last for a lifetime of use out on the farm. Unlike row crop, hay is a very time-sensitive product. We know that we got a short growing season and even more so when it is ready to be cut and harvested, it's got to be done quick because rain is the number one enemy for hay equipment. So everything that we've got to manage hay that gets wet with a tether to rakes of all sizes to bale the smallest field to the biggest field to then turn around and have management equipment to get the hay out quicker, we just know that we've got a product offering that will make time as money for the customer, and we're just thankful to have that. It's sad to say, but I think customers have become accustomed to the words, we don't have that in stock, or I don't know when I can get it for you. Have you had issues getting steel or parts to manufacture Rhino Ag products? You know, we're in a time of manufacturing that I don't believe we've ever seen before. The supply chains 
are so overloaded with demand, which is a great thing for manufacturer, and it's a great thing for farmers and ag producers because that means that the economy is somewhat working in our direction and we've got products that people need to get in their hands. But right now, with just the constraints from manufacturing to shipping to availability of getting components that we don't manufacture, it has put a substantial delay in the building of some of these products. But we tell customers all the time, reach out to your local dealers, look across their inventories. There's a lot of product that's out there. There's a lot of product that can be transferred. It's just finding the right product at the right time. And right now, unfortunately, that's just been a difficult task. But we are doing everything we can to make changes quickly so we can get back ahead of the game here and offer the products that the customers need. And speaking of dealers, Rhino Ag has a great dealer network. Yep, you can go to rhinoag.com. There is a link called Locate My Dealer. It's as simple as going in there and sticking in your zip code with a range from 25 miles to any dealer across the nation. And you can find dealers that are stocking dealers and premium dealers for Rhino Ag and then get in touch with them direct to find out exactly what is on their lot to be able to find the product that fits your needs. And you can also get out and do some competitive archery. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my life has been busy. I will not say that it has slowed down from that aspect. We've been fortunate enough that they've found ways to continue the tournament scene. And every month I'm traveling somewhere and, and enjoying to be around the archery family and just shoot competitively and feel like you know life is still clicking along the way we would like it to be. If they'd like to find out more information on a specific product that we talked about, where can they find that information? You can go to rhinoag.com. That's R-H-I-N-O-A-G.com. There's a products link tab. You can search through there to every product that Rhino Ag is available at our dealers. Josh, as always, thank you so much for being with us here on The Dirt Show. We appreciate the time. Thanks for covering it. Your home is your sanctuary. The next time you need appliance service, invite someone in that will treat it that way. Sorensen's Appliance Service is locally owned with 15 years of experience. Sorensen's Appliance Service also has fully certified technicians who will leave your home as clean as they found it. If you want fast, efficient, and cleanly service, contact Sorensen's Appliance Service today, 256-7766. That's 256-7766. Join the dark side. Devilba's Racing Chassis specializes in modified and sport mod chassis. All chassis have laser cut and CNC bent Pro Molly tubing. Devilba's has teamed up with Medieval Metalworks to capitalize on cutting edge manufacturing processes and consistencies. Devilba's offers the industry's top first hand technical support. Parts are on hand, so there is no delay in racing. DeVilvis is now servicing all regions, including locations in New Mexico and Minnesota. Contact Zane. 505-402-4505. Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal and trash pickup services at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction, and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel Counties. Shevland Enterprises also specializes in roll-offs and dumpster. Contact Chris and his staff today for small town service at a small town price. 528 
528-9900. That's 528-9900. Celebrating 100 years of family-owned excellence, Pulver Towing will always be there for you. With multiple locations, an experienced staff, and quality customer service, Pulver Towing has emergency service available 24-7, and they work around the clock to offer towing, recovery, and roadside assistance to our communities. If you need them, call 507-282-3851. That's 507-282-3851. Pulver Towing, the premier towing experts. Transform your garage into an extension of your home with a custom finished floor by Garage Force. No matter how you use your garage, Garage Force has you covered. American made, backed by a lifetime warranty. Our professionally installed industrial grade coatings will protect your garage from anything life throws at it and makes cleanup a snap. More importantly, it's the unbelievable feeling you get each time you use your dream garage. Visit us online at garageforce.com. Call Todd at 651-387-9213. That's 651-387-9213. Welcome back to a special segment here on The Dirt Show brought to you by Pulver Towing. And as always, I'm joined by Josh. And Josh, we have one of the biggest car show events in the state of Minnesota coming up. The Back to the 50s at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. And I know a lot of people will be getting their vintage cars out here in Minnesota. And there'll be cars coming on all the main arteries through the state from every direction heading to the state fairgrounds. And as a car guy, the last thing you want to see is an inexperienced tow truck driver showing up to tow your vintage car if you have trouble or throwing a log chain around that chrome front axle. That's exactly right, Clayton. We do a lot of things at Pulver's, especially on the collector cars and stuff like that. We do, uh, it basically, it's like a fun noodle that you buy at Menards. We coat our cables. We use padded stuff where the hook points are. We take a lot of extra precaution. We know what you guys put into those cars, and we want to make sure it's taken care of and done right. I know you're a car guy, and you enjoy a beautiful car. And, yeah, I've seen some horror stories where people end up with scratched-up front bumpers or they drag the tail of their car loading it up. And that's where the training and experience of a Pulver tow truck driver comes in. Yeah, that's exactly right. We have old cars ourselves. We've towed many of them. Everything from electric cars to your old collector cars, Camaros, Corvettes, everything lowered to the ground, your hot rods, rat rods. We know what they put into them, and we take care and make sure the job gets done right. You have locations basically from border to border, from Wisconsin to South Dakota. So if you break down anywhere south of the metro heading for back to the 50s, a Pulver location can help you out. Yeah, that's right. We're located in Rochester, Austin, Stewartville, Worthington, Fulda, and Marshall. So if you're coming up 35 or 90 or any of those other roads, just reach out to us at 507-282-3851. We can also take care of your trailers. I know a lot of them don't drive them there. We keep a lot of bearings and wheels and a lot of stuff on hand. We can send a service truck out and get you on the road and get you up to that back of the 50 show. Josh, if it has to do with rescuing somebody alongside the road, you guys are number one, and thank you so much for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. Yeah, I appreciate it. 
Take care. Hi, this is Jim Miskin from Miskin Auto Parts. Check out Miskin.com. You'll see all the parts available in our You Pull It lot, new arrivals ready to part out. Plus, we can also locate those hard-to-find parts for you. Miskin Auto Parts has been buying junkers and providing parts to our customers since 1972, and we ship out parts daily. Call us today at 507-684-2100 or check us out online at Miskin.com. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment, brought to you by Cookies, Sauces, and Seasonings. Last Tuesday night, May 25th, they were racing at the Jackson Motorplex in the IMCA Modified A-Main. Kelly Shryock over Brandon Beckendorf. In the Stock Cars, Kelly Shryock over Colton Ahrens. In the Hobby Stocks, Malik Sampson over Brad Becker. In the Sport Mods, Jared Baumeister over Jake Seikow. And in the Sport Compacts, Nate Koopman over Marshall Robinson. Deer Creek Speedway was racing last Saturday night, May 29th. The USMTS was on hand in the A-Main feature. Rodney Sanders over Zach Vanderbeek in the USRA B-Mods. Jim Chisholm over Dan Hoovden in the Stock Cars. Mitch Hoovden over Braden Jerry in the Midwest Modifieds. Mitch Weiss over Caden Cath. Worthington Speedway was also racing last Saturday night, May 29th, in the Stock Car A Main. Jeff Larson over Justin Lunenberg in the B Mods. Tim Bergeson over Austin Scroggie in the Hobby Stocks. Blake Lunenberg over Nick Schilling in the Sportsman's. Trevor Flutie over Zachary Bierman and in the Modifieds. Cole Bentz over Cody Thompson in the Sport Compacts. Katie DeVries over Stephanie Koopman. Arlington Raceway was racing last Saturday night in the Hobby Stock Game Ain. Corey Probst over Matt Olson in the Sport Compacts. RJ Esquita over Justin Dozy in the Sport Mods. Eric Larson over Travis Sherman in the Carts. Jake Robb and Travis Manorfield got checkered flags in the Modifieds. Trevor Loverud over Clint Haddlestead in the Outlaw Hobby A-Main. Dakota Robinson over Carl Hewitt Jr. In the Sprint Cars, it was Michael Stein over Trevor Service. And in the Stock Cars, Chad Schroeder over Matthew Sauer. Knoxville Raceway was also racing last Saturday night in the 410 Wing Sprint Car A-Main. Brad Sweet over Carson Macedo in the 360 Winged A-Main. Jamie Ball over Ryan Giles. And in the Pro Series, Devin Wignall over Eric Bridger. Saturday was night one of a two-day show at Ogilvy Raceway in the Wissota Hornet A-Main. Hunter Gullett over Matthew Dittman in the Midwest Modifieds. Jason Vandekamp over Zach Benson in the Wissota Modifieds. Shane Sabraski over Jeremy Nelson and in the Super Stocks it was Shane Sabraski over Dexton Cook. The two-night show continued on Sunday May 30th in the Hornet A-Main Matthew Dittman over Jonathan Hatterman in the Midwest Modifieds Jason Vandekamp over Zach Benson in the Modified A-Main Jody Belfi over Shane Sabraski and in the Super Stocks Dave Moss over Shane Sabraski. Houston Speedway started a two-day show on Sunday May 30th in the 410 Out Outlaw Sprint Car A-Main, Austin McCarl over Carson McCarl in the Late Model Street Stocks, Zach Oliver over Corey Yeh, and in the Race Saver Sprint Car A-Main, Mike Moore over Brandon Bosma. On Monday Memorial Day at Hewsett Speedway in a 410 Outlaw Sprint Car A-Main, Parker Price Miller over Tim Cating in the Tri-State Late Model A-Main, Tad Possible over Jesse Glenn. Granite City Motor Park was also running on Memorial Day in the 
late model A-Main, Jeffrey Manzingle over John Canta in the Midwest Modifieds, Zach Benson over Kennedy Swan in the Mod 4s, Tommy Bowden over Keith Thell in the Modified A-Main, Shane Sabraski over Clayton Wagaman, and in the Superstocks, Dave Moss over Shane Sabraski. Madison Speedway had their opener on Memorial Day in the Pier Stocks, Jordan Ferricks over Joe Martin in the Limited Late Models, Brady Mullendorf over DJ Tesh in the Hornets, Matthew Dittman over Jacob Aris in the Midwest Modifieds, Scott Toffel over Derek Ricks in the Modifieds, Brian Hobbin over Ryan Garricks in the Street Stocks, Kyle Dykoff over Justin Vogel, and in the Super Stocks, Jacob Knepper over Gary Hussman. We were at Fairmont Raceway Memorial Day for their opener, and what an opener it was. In the Modifieds, Mark Noble picking up feature win number 613 over Oliver Kolofsky. In the Stock Cars, Dustin Larson over Derek Green. In the B-Mods, Jared Baumeister over Matthew Loaf. In the Hobby Stocks, Malik Sampson over Blake Lunenberg. And in the Sport Compacts, Jaden Erickson over Cade Lair. If your classic isn't so classic, bring it into Auto Trim Design of Oatana. We can fix the upholstery, the carpet, replace a sagging headliner, make your old car look new again, make your seats comfortable again. Whether it's a classic car, work truck, boat, or anything else that moves, we can fix the upholstery and make your ride like new. And we work on convertibles. We're located in Oatana at 3275 Old Highway 14, one mile west of Walmart. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.